Hello, everybody, and welcome to First and Goal, the hardest-hitting, up-and-coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Tuesday, August 2nd in the year 2022. Been a hot one, for sure. We are sitting here on the afterskirts, if you will, of SEC Media Days, ACC kickoff. We got some fall practice already taking place, others getting ready to kick off the end of this week. Got a lot to get into, but before we do, as always, got to introduce my co-host, the one, the only, Big Rob. How the hell you doing, brother? Hey, Bo, I am doing great. Doing great, man. What a wonderful time of year it is. We're in August. We got football right around the corner. NFL starting to kick off with their their uh, preseason football. We got games starting at the end of the month. Man, what a wonderful time it is to be alive. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, football's in the air. Oh, yeah. Starting to drive down the road, passing high school football teams practicing, hearing the bands playing, smelling that fresh cut grass on the field. Just, oh. Absolutely. And, you know, even with the heat, you can still feel fall right around the corner. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We're on the verge of waking up on Saturday mornings about 9, 10 o'clock, cutting on college game day, having a cup of coffee, then followed up with a good old cold beverage, <laughs> and then 10 hours straight of nothing but cooking food, having some beverages, and college football. Yes, sir. I don't get no better than that. No, sir. Not at all, man. Not at all. And uh, in this episode, later on, what we're going to do is we're going to break down. In our previous episode, we discussed our preseason power rankings for the ACC. We're going to do it this time with the SEC, breaking down the East and West divisions. As always, mean you have some differences, <laughs> a few disagreements, but uh, it's going to be very interesting. But before we get to that, I'll discuss a little bit of this ace, or excuse me, why don't we discuss some of these SEC media days? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. <clears throat> i tell you what. I find it to be quite entertaining watching some of these coaches. You know, especially, you know, when you had a little skirmish between, you know, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. And just to me, it just seemed like either the, hatch, the hatchet was buried or the or, parents stepped down. Or, or the parents put them in the corner. <laughs> I'm going with the latter of that one. <laughs> I'm right. telling you. And then you got Lane Kiffin, who's always just a pot stirrer, if you will. <laughs> the instigator. Absolutely. And started his whole media day press conference off with first question. Somebody asked about next thing. He said, oh, well, I guess we're just going to talk about Alabama today. <laughs> Never... A dull moment with Lane Kiffin. Right. I'm telling you, Lane Kiffin is just absolutely just a comedian. I mean, if you want to think about it, just as like, like they were kids, like the SEC is the parent and they're the kids. You've got the oldest at Nick Saban, just as the older kid. Then you have the youngest with Texas A&M. Mm, I'd say Texas a and is the middle child. Yeah, I mean, you could see that. You could see that. And then you got the little baby brother snitching on both of them. Or or the middle child instigating between the oldest and the youngest. I don't know. I mean, my, in my family, <laughs> the youngest brother was always 
We ain't gonna go there. <laughs> <clears throat> but just very interesting. Um, all in all, I like most of what I heard from Texas A&M. It sounded very fabricated. Well, not fabricated. It sounded very scripted to me. Also, like Alabama's, sounded very scripted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin complained about things because, well, Lane Kiffin complains. Yeah. As always, he, he'd be a hell of a poker player. He really would. You, you don't ever know what they got, but. He really would. But complain, man. I mean, yes, Lane Kiffin is the complainer, but Jimbo. Oh, he ain't. <laughs> Jimbo's the poor me guy. Yeah. Oh, poor me. Poor me. Meanwhile, in the background, it's got the curtain pulled out, just shuffling the crew. one behind up. Get in there. Get in there. <laughs> we got money. <laughs> money, money, money. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, really, my. I've been saying it since last year. My best vibe out of the West, really, it's probably Sam Pittman. Oh, yeah. Coming from Arkansas. He just Sam Pittman just seems to be the most genuine out of the mall out there in the West. He really does. He has. He definitely seems to be the most genuine. It just seems like the no nonsense football guy. Also, Mike Leach down there at Mississippi State. Yeah, loved hearing what he had to say. I'm excited. I am very excited to see what Mississippi State does this year. Going to be a lot of cowbell for sure. Got to have more cowbell. Got a fever. Always, man, always. And then <laughs> Brian Kelly at LSU. Heard a lot of great things from him. Very encouraging. The only one I just not sold on is Auburn. And I just, I don't know. It sounds weird because Auburn has always been a national contender. And they started off that way last year. And then like halfway through the season, it's like they ran out of gas. And they hadn't filled the tank back up yet. Well, the thing about Auburn, to me, yes, genuinely, general, genuinely, they are the one of the favorites for the West. I mean, you never hear of Auburn, you know, being a cellar dweller out there in the West. But with everything that happened in the off season, the dumpster fire that's still burning out—well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily burning, but I would definitely say it's still smoldering—and almost the breakup that happened. I mean, you, you just. You never know what you're going to get out of Auburn right now. No, you really don't. It's just, it's like I said, it's like they ran out of steam last year. Normally, everybody coming in the new season are all fired up, very energetic, got a lot of energy coming into the year. And I just didn't feel it. No. It feels like it's still long-winded, if you will. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I, I, I can say the same with Bama. Of course, Saban's always going to be the – They'll, you know, just try to confuse them with words and then just go on about his business. Well, I mean, when you're playing for the national championship every single year, I mean, what exactly is there to be excited about? I mean, you got a point. You definitely got a point. I feel like Nick Saban needs like a seven or eight loss season just to recharge his batteries, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, he just almost seems bored anymore. I mean, you would think losing to Georgia in the national championship would have recharged the batteries. No, because it's like, well, they got us, but next year we're going to go back and we'll get them. Yeah. It just, I don't know. Nick, Nick Saban is just Nick Saban. You just, yeah. 
you win that much, you need a you need a real good punch to the gut just to wake you back up. Yeah, absolutely. All that Georgia loss was a little bit of splash to water to the face. I mean, even then, you still played in the national championship. True. Yeah, I mean, to me, like you said, man, Arkansas was probably my favorite interview of them all. And then LSU, I mean, Kelly did do a good job with his interview, but a lot of it still seemed scripted at the same time. Don't forget, don't forget Mike Leach talking about a man getting mauled by a bear. That, that was pretty. That was <laughs> pretty. Right. That was pretty great. <laughs> talking about needing Netflix recommendations on new shows to watch and all that. <laughs> also giving some of his favorite shows out to the public, and I don't know. Mike Leach is a damn trip. That dude's pretty cool. He really is, man. He really is, and I kind of like that though because it's it's not all necessarily. 100% seriousness. He can joke around. and But at the same time, man, I mean, you need a little bit of seriousness to get you through, you know, some some, some hoops that uh, that you haven't been able to get through recently. Oh, yeah. I'm saying, well, we're not going to worry about doing an opening statement here. We're just, uh, just going to get into the questions, get everybody a little bit more time. <laughs> <laughs> Caught every, that was a little bit of a curveball, but uh, man, it's just... The West, it's weird. Your powerhouses. If I feel like it's gonna be a funny year in the West. I do too. I do too. I feel like we could see some surprises that happen in the West this year. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I'll definitely be talking about some of that when I bring up the power rankings. But uh, about the SEC East with the media days, man. I mean, that was pretty good. Kirby Smart came out there. Just as happy as he was the day they won the championship. And then Shane Beamer come in there full of energy, released a hype video with Soldier Boy <laughs> on his way there. That, that was pretty great. Yeah. But uh, he won media days with that video. Yeah, he did. That, that was pretty great. But Billy Napier, man, I really. That came off extremely genuine to me. I mean, you could feel. The nervousness in him to start with. Mm-hmm. You can see the emotion on his face when he talked about his dad when he was asked a question about him. Yeah, I almost broke out into to tears. It just. <clears throat> I wasn't sure about Napier when the hire was first stated and all. And even in the spring game, I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. I still don't care for some of the things I've seen in the spring game. But all in all, if you're a Florida fan, the more I hear from him, the more I see, the more I think you might be just got your guy. Yeah, I mean, Napier, there's still a lot of questions surrounding Napier for me. There was some of the stuff that, that he did that made me wonder. But at the same time, I mean, he's doing great in recruiting right now. And that's one thing that a lot of the fans complained about with the last regime is they didn't really do a lot of recruiting in the the regular season. So we'll see, you know, really see how that goes. But to me, I think it's going to be a little bit slower of a build than what Florida fans like. I hope they can weather the storm and tough it out for a year or two while they're getting this thing put together. Florida, though, is a lot like LSU when it comes to trying to weather the storm. 
Well, one thing is when Wolf Muschamp took over Florida, right out the gate, he started off hot, and then he had to rebuild and right. got fired. Dan Mullen started off hot, and then he had to rebuild and got fired. If he can get off to a bowl-winning season, a bowl game, bowl-eligible year this year, six, seven games, in year one and progress off of that slowly but surely, I think it'll give it'll keep the fans happy for the most part. But I think it'll buy them enough time to get this program put together to where it needs to be to get it back up and going for the long run. Yeah, I mean, also one thing that you have to say, just going off of what you said about, you know, when Muschamp got there, he was able to win. With this Florida team, the last two coaches, like you said, have come in and been able to win right out the gate and then had to rebuild. The thing with Napier is he's got to rebuild from the beginning because the last regime left the cupboards bare, you know, especially with all the transfers that happened in the offseason. So, I mean, the rebuild starts now. So if you can win with the team that you got and then get your your rebuild in with your rookies coming in next season, you, you've got a pretty good shot. You just have to – Not to cut you off there, man, but – they're not really rebuilding this year as far as the talent standpoints goes. They got a ton of talent on that team coming in this year. They're returning a big majority of that defense. I think they're returning, I think, eight starters, seven starters on defense. I think they're returning another seven or eight starters on offense. You got Anthony Richardson coming back who, when healthy, looks to be a very, very capable quarterback and could surprise a lot of people in the East. You're talking about the same defense that put up how many points against Sanford? Or let so many points against Sanford up? But is that talent? Or is that coaching? I mean, it could be a little bit when, of both. When you know you got a head coach that's about to get fired, I mean, you got a team that's got no morale whatsoever. Look at South Carolina. Will Muschamp got fired. Mm-hmm. They went to Kentucky and got blown completely out of the water. It was one of the more embarrassing games mm-hmm. I've seen from Carolina football in years in recent memory. Right. Very next year with Shane Beamer, after losing so many players in transfer portal, took Kentucky down to the wire, beat Florida, beat Auburn. I mean, went to the damn Dukes Bowl, beat the hell out of North Carolina. It's not always a talent point. Sometimes it takes a coach who can come in there and get the very best out of his players. Right. Talent can be there. You just got to have the right staff to bring it out of right. your guys. Right. No, I get it. I definitely get where you're coming from there. To me, though, I mean, it's it's just going to be to see what happens if they can get out the gate quick. Because, I mean, being in the SEC, man, you ain't got an easy schedule. You ain't got easy schedule. What you got to remember, man, is we're not talking about Vanderbilt. We're not talking about Mississippi State. We're not talking about hell. We're not even talking. I'm not even going to say we're talking about Kentucky. Right. This is the Florida Gators. This is a SC East contender year in, year out. Right. But so was Auburn. In the West. On a year-to-year consistent basis, I'd take Florida over Auburn. 
These are the teams Florida's had over the years, man. I mean, Auburn's had some good ones. Make no mistake about it. But Florida's a tough damn team. Yeah, Florida's Florida always plays tough. I'll give you that. I just I still feel that they're about a year or two out from getting back to where they were. I'll say a year or two out before they were. I'm just saying year one under Napier. It's not a full blown rebuild mode. This is you still got a talented team. Right. If you can put the pieces in the right places, they can still win some damn good games. And mm-hmm. This is not a team that anybody wants to sleep on. Right. No, I get it. Definitely. Definitely. But let's go back to talking about the media days, man. I think besides Georgia and Carolina, the best one of them all was Kentucky. Yeah, Mark Stoops, without a doubt. Just no nonsense. Very from the heart. Very genuine. Great interview. And you could just hear the confidence. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mark Stoops has always been an old bullshit kind of guy. And he is definitely excited about the fact that Will Levis is returning. He's excited about his rookie wide receivers. And he knows that he's he's got a pretty good run game. So, I mean, and that defense is, you know, pretty much coming back in full. I mean, they lost a couple of guys, but those linebackers, man, well, he, he knows that he's about to make a hell of a run this year. Oh, yeah, you, you tell, and you tell that he knows that if Kentucky's got a team and a year to have a shot at the East, this year right here is about as good as it's going to get. Yeah. It didn't happen last year. If it didn't happen last year, you you got to hope like hell happens this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I haven't heard all the ACC media days. But we did just hear one a minute ago, and I got to tell y'all, out of ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, everybody that I've listened to, the one interview that stood out to me the most, Brent Pride, Virginia Tech. Oh, man. You talk about somebody that's got a pebble on their, or a rock on their shoulder. Chip on the shoulder, man. This thing, this dude's got a mountain on his shoulder. Absolutely, dude. I mean, the amount of confidence that come out of that, and just the matter of fact. I mean, he started off. He was the last coach to go up there, and his opening line is, "Well, I see y'all saved the best for last. <laughs> Good job, everybody." Yes, sir. You the first. The first dude asking him questions, man, you could tell Brent Pratt had that guy just dumbfounded us all get out. Oh, yeah. As soon as he said, y'all saved the best for last. Good job. I mean, that guy just <laughs> choked, man. I mean, sounded like he was whispering his question. Brent Pratt said, hey, man, you got to speak up. I can't hear you. Speak up. Yes, sir. But <laughs> just takeaways from that alone was just more than enough to be excited for Virginia Tech football. I mean, there's just so much. I don't even know where to start, really. I mean, at one point they asked him about the recruiting standpoint, players in Virginia and all that. Came right out the gate and said, uh, listen, when I was at Penn State, when he was at Penn State, 
I know these kids were leaving Virginia because it wasn't just Penn State that's coming in down to Virginia to take these guys. I was in the car. I was on the plane coming down here. He said nine times out of ten, Virginia Tech and Virginia were not even in the conversation. Right. He said, and that's about to change. He said, we're changing that right now. And then his phone went off right after he said that. He said, oh, would you look at that? Another commit for the Hokies. We're getting better as we speak. <laughs> we just got better. Yeah, we just got better, guys. But uh, just so much going on. And they asked him about the school. He said, listen, he said, this is one of the best programs and the best conferences to be in the nation. He said, I've been in the Big Ten. I've been in the SEC. He ain't beating it. Asked about schools coming into Virginia. He said, I'm telling you right now, he said, we're going to put in more work and time and effort recruiting these kids from our home state than anybody will. He said, I promise you. He said, not North Carolina, not South Carolina, not Penn State, not Ohio State. He said, nobody's going to come in this state and know more about a single player than Virginia Tech Hokies will. Yeah, he even went as far as saying that in the ACC that there was more to these schools, more to the towns, more to the campuses, more beauty, more academics than any other conference around, including the SEC. And for Brent Proud, who's also been a coach in the SEC, to say that, he's got a ton of confidence. Yeah, man, I mean... Just oozing confidence. And I mean, telling people flat out, he said, listen, he said, if there's anything I can tell you, I said, we're going to have a hell of a football team this year. Yeah. I think he said, we got 110 kids. I think he said 120 scholarship kids. 120 kids on the roster. That's right. That's right. Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> I can't remember exactly. I didn't write down, but hey. <laughs> so we got 120. 100 plus kids. We'll say 100 plus. Go. We got 100 plus kids on scholarship. He said, and I'm telling you right now, he said, if we get all these kids to give 100%, he said, and we get 22 players on that field on offense and defense and another 11 on special teams on Saturdays, he said, they all give 100%. He said, I guarantee he said, we're going to have a hell of a football team. Yes, sir. He said, we're going to be very aggressive. We're going to be very much in your face. We're going to come after the quarterback. We're going to have coverages that are going to confuse your quarterback. We're going to have an offense that's going to move the ball. He said, we are going to be a good team this year. We're going to be a tough team, I think was his words. Yeah, he said uh, there's a question about the the conference with quarterbacks, the depth of quarterbacks, good quarterbacks in the conference. He said, hey, he said, don't get me wrong, the ACC is the best league right now when it comes to your quarterback. But he said, our scheme, we're going to put pressure on that quarterback and make it not look so good. Exactly. Basically saying he didn't care who the quarterback was, what school it was. He's bringing back hooky football. Yeah. He's bringing back the Bud Foster days of the defense, if not improving on yeah. that. And I got to tell you, I told you a few minutes ago, there's old saying, history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. With the sudden emergence of Miami in recruiting, Virginia Tech in recruiting, and Virginia Tech, the culture just, it's like somebody took the charging pads in the hospital and put them on the chest of Virginia Tech, said clear, fired off, and brought it back to life. Like, all of a sudden, Blacksburg, Virginia is just coming to life. Yeah. 
like there's a damn earthquake going on and they're shaking the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Miami's coming back to life, and it just feels like the Big East days of these two teams being on a collision course mm-hmm. for one hell of a football game on Saturday in the fall. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is, and I told you about this earlier, <clears throat> next season there is no conferences. We'll see a Virginia Tech. You mean there's no divisions? Or no divisions, excuse me. No divisions in the ACC conference. So that should play a big part in being able to see a Virginia Tech in a Miami game for an ACC championship, I do believe. If Clemson doesn't say something about it. Clemson, I'm sure we'll have something to say about it. but You got a lot of tough cookies still out there, but, I mean, it can very well happen. Yeah. I don't know of besides maybe Clemson, I cannot think of another fan base that's exploding more right now than Virginia Tech and ACC. Just culture changing just as much. From what I'm seeing on the boards, those Wahoos down there in Virginia. The Who's? The Who's. Not the Who's. The Who's down there in Virginia seem to be having a little something to say about some comebacks and whatnot with their fandom. Hey, if y'all can get it going in Whoville, go for it. By all means, go for it. <laughs> but Justin Fuente ain't at Virginia Tech no more. Yep. This is not the Justin Fuente days no more. This is, I'm telling you, this is different, but it seems familiar. This feels a lot like a Virginia Tech from the decade of 2000 to 2010, yeah, if you will. The Beamer era. The prime of the Beamer era, but it's coming a lot sooner. Yeah. You might have a year of building up, not quite getting there this year, but they're going to play some damn good football this fall. I really do believe Miami's going to play some damn good football. Both of these schools got home run hires for head coaches. I oh, feel absolutely. like I won't absolutely. know for sure till football season starts. It could all go to hell in a handbasket on both of them. But it feels like, like you were saying before, both schools were on the borderline of flatlining, and it just feels like like they took a syringe full of adrenaline and pumped into their hearts. Clear, and just they come up just swing them, swinging. Yes, sir. I'm telling you, it's. It's madness. I mean, Miami, what they're doing in the recruiting, sensational. Yes, it's, sir. It's scary for the rest of the ACC. Yeah. Hell, it's scary for the SEC. Yeah. I mean, it's scary for college football, period, because I don't know if some of you out there, I'm sure, do remember the days, and some of you may not. You may be too young for it. But when Miami is rolling like they are right now, well, they ain't hardly a team out there that can match up with them. I ain't saying rolling like right they are right now. It's football season ain't started yet, Rob. Well, so, slow okay. down. Slow recruiting, down. recruiting. Let me rephrase the recruiting. What I'm gonna say is, if you let Miami get that momentum, you let them get on a run. That's a scary damn team. That yeah. you. A lot of people think you's trash, man. And I mean, to their credit, from about. 2004 on, 
it ain't been good. You have one or two, maybe three decent years here and there. For the most part, it's been mediocre. Mm-hmm. But you let Miami get back to what it used to be, find its heartbeat again. That's a scary team, man. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. A lot of people, you know, want to, you know, joke around when we talk about the U. Oh, oh the U's back. And they want to joke around how the U doesn't have their own facilities. That they've got to use Miami Dolphins facilities for games and whatnot. Well, I mean, <laughs> they're starting to uh, come around and trying to build their own stadium, their own grounds. And I'm telling you, Mario Cristobal, he was the right man for the job out there. He, he's, he's just got everything turning around. And, and I believe in the next few years, the league's in trouble. Yeah, and I think the same for Virginia Tech. I feel like Virginia Tech's about to, it's about to go back to the days where they didn't win a natty, but they made it to a natty and lost. I'm not saying they're going to do that now, but it's going back to the days where Virginia Tech's a team who could literally beat any given team on any given Saturday. Well, the great thing about that, too, is, I mean, you don't have to worry about a coach's poll or a media poll to try to get you into the national championship game. You've actually got playoffs that you can make that you can win your way into the playoffs, win your way into a national championship instead of being able to luck into one whenever, you you know, the the polls get voted on. Notre Dame. (laughs) Yep. Brown example. I just, man... I can't put into words how excited I am for this upcoming season. Oh, absolutely, man. But with that being said, why don't we discuss these SEC preseason polls we got here? Let's get into our preseason power rankings. Power rankings for the preseason. Where do you think everything stands right now? Yes, sir. I'll let you uh, take it off first. You can pick East, West, whichever division you prefer. We'll go with the West first. We've got a little uh, disagreement on a couple of things, but uh, I'm going to go at number one, of course, without a doubt, it's going to be Alabama. Yeah. Number two, I'm going to take Texas A&M at number two. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry to say something. <laughs> that wasn't me. I think that was the chorus back there in the background. <laughs> For me, with A&M, I mean, they just got too much talent to sink below like they did last season. I feel like I don't know that they're going to overtake Alabama this year as far as being the number one in the West. They did beat Bama last season, but they lost some games that they probably shouldn't have. But I feel like A&M could be, and could be there this season. Number three, I'm going to take Ole Miss, the lane train out there. He is missing some key pieces, man, but he's a good enough coach that he's going to be able to, you know, keep Ole Miss right in the hunt, I believe. Then I'm going to take Arkansas. Sam Pittman out there, man. I mean, Arkansas is just such a great team. They're really a wild card. and they. But you're so disrespectful to them. (laughs) They very well could be higher up on the list at the end of the season. I just feel right now that they've still got a little bit more to prove. I'm going to take number five, LSU, just because it is a turnover season for that coaching staff. 
I just I don't know if the teams are bought in yet. <clears throat> and then I'm going to take Mississippi State at six, and then Auburn at number seven, simply because of the dumpster fire that happened in the off season. All right, all right, I hear you. You got anything you want to add to that or no? No, 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 no. All right, we're following your damn seat, but I'm about to blow your ass away. Let's let's hear it. Let's see. All right, my rankings for the West, the correct power (laughs) rankings for preseason. We'll see. Number one, Roll Tide. That's right, Alabama. You got Saint Nick, the Heisman winners coming back. Every year they're gonna reload. I mean, every single season you got practically an NFL offensive line, an NFL defensive line. They wake up in the morning, they piss excellence. They're just too damn good. <laughs> All right, that's your number one right there. Number two, put some respect on their name. Woo Pig Suey, Arkansas, the Razorbacks, Sam Pittman. Let me tell you something. Two years ago, year one in Arkansas. Nobody expected nothing. It was a train wreck. It was coming off the tracks. It was awful. Everybody was ready to get the marshmallows out and roasted over the fire. Sam Pittman walks in there. Year one. Takes everybody to the limits. Looked like a Rocky movie. They were getting the crap beat out of them, but they just hung in to the last minute somehow in every game. Uh-huh. Year two, last year, you're ranked in the top ten in the nation at a point through the year. Uh-huh. You made the Texas Longhorns regret this. It was like a Britney Spears marriage. They jump into it in five minutes in. They're saying, oh shit, we gotta get out of here. This is not the right idea. Where do I sign this paperwork to escape? Did not want to mess with it. Got teams ready to run and hide from the SEC instead of coming over and taking the money. They're saying, no, we're good. We're good. We'll just keep our food stamps. Just stay. (laughs) Do you, boo. Do you. We're good over here. Joe Biden's got us. All right. Arkansas's coming in at number two. Mm Mm-hmm. Got to give them respect. I got a tie for third place. This can go either way. Either team can finish third or fourth in the West. I'm going to give a little bit of the edge to them just because of the success they've had in recent years. Jimbo Fisher, the Aggies down there in College Station. Yeah, you don't know who your starting quarterback is going to be. Yeah, your head coach is dry snitching. <laughs> yeah, you lost your defensive coordinator, which is probably a big part of your mojo with this program. Let's just be honest the last couple of years. The defense has done more than the offense with the Aggies, me personally, I think. I'll give the edge to AM. But right there with them, let's give some credit to the Netflix king himself. Throw some cowbell out there. Mississippi State. They're right there with them. They got arguably the top two, top three quarterback in the SEC. And Will Rogers. Kid can make any pass anytime he wants to. You never know what the hell the Mississippi State Bulldogs are going to do. They might lose to Vanderbilt this week, and then they'll go out and smoke Texas A&M's ass next week. All right? Mm -hmm. It happens that way. But if they can put it together week after week, I'm telling you, this is not a team you want to sleep on. This could be a very easily number three, hell, maybe even number two team in the SEC West. They're just yeah. that good. 
And on top of that, they got probably one of the more underrated stadiums in all the damn nation. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Number five. Got a little bit of gold tigers going on down there. Or if you're Brian Kelly, say go tigers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You got num- LSU right here at number five. All right. Yeah. Had a down year last year. Really the last two years. You lost Coach O, who we all loved and respected. Like crazy. But it's still LSU. You got talent. So you can't put them in that bottom two. LSU is a physical team. And if we have learned anything about Brian Kelly, he loves playing smash mouth physical football. Didn't always work the best at Notre Dame because, let's face it, Notre Dame against ACC and these other schools, yeah. They matched up pretty well, and it worked pretty good. But when you take Notre Dame against an SEC school like Bama, well, we all know what happened in 2011. <laughs> Not so good. No. But you give them the SEC players underneath them, which is what he wanted. This team is going to surprise people. It's not quite there yet this year, but they're going to surprise some people. They're going to hold their own this season right there at number five. Mm-hmm. Number six, the sarcastic bastard himself. Wayne Kiffin. <laughs> you got to love him. You got to hate him. He's kind of like Cousin Eddie off of the National Lampoon movies. <laughs> you love him, but at the same time, he drives you insane. All right? <laughs> He's an offensive genius. No doubt about it. But the last two seasons, you had one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the SEC. All right? You had one of, if not the best wide receiver in the SEC with him. You had a great rushing attack. But your defense has not been there. Mm-hmm. But you were able to put up enough points. Now you've got a quarterback coming in from the USC Trojans. Transferred out of there. As soon as he found out Caleb Williams was coming in, he got the hell out. Coming to Ole Miss. We don't know what he's going to do. This kid's been playing Pac-12 football. Right. That meant a lot years ago, and it still does. No disrespect to them. But we don't know what this kid's going to do in the SEC. Right. Does Lane Kiffin know what he's going to do? No. And Lane Kiffin has been hitting the transfer portal very heavy this year because her recruiting class has not been the best. Not even close. That's true. And... Where schools like Mississippi State can win a football game on any given Saturday. I mean, let's be honest, Lane Kiffin can up and leave any given Saturday. <laughs> so, I mean, you ain't wrong. I just, there's too many question marks this year. They've had a couple great years. They're probably going to surprise me. This is pro- That's probably the team that I will be wrong about, more than likely. But I just, I can't put them ahead of these other programs. There's just too many question marks for me. Okay. Last but not least, it's Auburn. We know what happened in the offseason. It's the Auburn Tigers. You should have cut Gus Miles on. I don't know what the hell y'all were thinking. Good luck. I, I don't know. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not calling for no coach's job just yet. But if you're going to put that out there into the atmosphere and make him worry about his job – just, you know, this whole dumpster fire thing, I mean, it would have been probably the best to cut him 
just get get somebody get some new blood in, out there instead of the animosity just keeping building up. Well, the thing is, that's why I said you should have kept Gus Malzahn. All right, it's not that I don't like the coach they have right now. It's not that I don't respect him. I mean, last year he started off on a roll with Auburn. They looked great last year. They finished off kind of poorly, but there was already some issues going on with the alumni. But it just came off like they were waiting, like they had the crosshairs on his head the whole entire season and waiting for him to slip up. Right. And going back to a relationship here, I mean, it's kind of like they dumped the girlfriend and then a couple weeks went by and they said, oh, damn, uh, you, you, want, you want to come back? <laughs> I mean, Central Florida went to a bowl game and beat Big Brother Florida Gators with right. Gus Malzahn. Right. Auburn just... I want to see y'all do good. Because when Auburn's good, it's good for the division. Right. It's good for the SEC. It's good for college football in general. Well, I mean, you got Auburn playing Mississippi State. That's always a great game. Auburn versus Ole Miss. Fantastic rivalry game. I mean, Auburn, Bama, everybody loves that. I mean, just yeah. it's really great when Auburn's good. But when you talk about question marks, I mean. There's two things to count. I feel like I'm blindfolded with Auburn coming yeah. into this year. I just don't know what the hell is about to happen. Right. All right. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, now that I'm done scorching your ass with the West, why don't we hear what you got for the East there, buddy? <laughs> I don't think you scorched my ass at all. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Care to place a bet on it? How much you want to pay? What you thinking? What you thinking? I'm not talking monetary. Let's 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 talk about something that we could do on YouTube or something to get a laugh out of the audience and make them part of it. All right, what you got? I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll have to talk about this on another podcast and see what we can come up with. But we'll definitely make it make a bet out of this. All right, all right. That'll work. All right. So in the East, at number one, the returning champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Love love the Bulldogs. I love Kirby Smart. In this situation, yes, they did lose a lot on their defense. Yes, they have lost some pieces on offense, wide receivers, whatnot, but you're returning your national championship winning quarterback. You've got some key pieces on your defense returning, offensive line returning. Not to mention, you know, you've brought Will Muschamp into the fold as far as a co-defensive coordinator. And don't forget that tight end room. My God. Yeah. The tight ends are just outstanding. I mean, you've got, you've got two that could go to the NFL right now. You just brought in a freshman that in two years could – Go to the NFL as well. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got Brock Bowers out there, all American. Darnell Washington, potential, all American. Mm-hmm. And you got Oscar Delt, they just brought in in the spring game, looked sensational. Yep. Future, all American, probably. Yep. I mean, incredible tight end room. They might not even have receivers this year. They might just tell tight ends, go out or have at it. Right. Especially with the running game they got. Nah, it, it's <laughs> ridiculous, man. But I'm telling you. And also, Rick Flair's always said to be the man, you have to beat the man. Nobody's beat Georgia yet this year, so we're going to keep them at number one. At number two, I know we've got a little bit of disagreement going on here, but I'm going to say Rocky Top. Let's go Tennessee. I do like the way Tennessee's looking, their defense. 
the quarterback's coming back. Wide receivers are freaking awesome. I, I just I like me some Rocky Top here. All right. Number three, I'm going South Carolina all the way here, baby. You've got a new quarterback in Spencer Rattler. You've got some steadiness back there at quarterback now. You've got your running back room. Yes, you did lose two big key pieces, but you've also gained another big piece with CBS, Christian Bill Smith from Wake Forest. And the wide receiver room has just gotten even more better. You've got uh, Josh Van coming back. You brought in two people from the, the transfer portal for wide receivers, not to mention not to mention Dak Joyner. I just love the way this offense is looking. You're bringing back every piece of that offensive line in year two, coming back for their second year in the same offense. They were looking good last season. Gary Ellen. Didn't realize I was young. Hey, you deafening me over here. You tell you're a <laughs> South Carolina fan. Good God, you're getting loud with them Gamecocks. <laughs> my bad, people. My I bad. I felt like I had Williams Bryce in my ear. Dang. <laughs> oh, and that defensive line, man. You've got, you've got the two ends that are just going to dominate this season, I do believe. You've got Zach Pickens coming back on that defensive line. Linebackers are coming back, man. The only the only question marks that you really have is safety back there. I mean, you brought in a transfer, but it's it's still going to be a little bit shallow back there as far as the uh, the steadiness goes. But I do I believe I will take Carolina at number three. Number four, how about them Wildcats? Only reason I put UK at number four instead of number three. Is because it looks like at least for three weeks they're going to be without their number one running back. You did lose a lot of pieces in your wide receiver room that either went NFL or just graduated, transfers, whatever. You're losing, if I'm not mistaken, I believe there was a injury that happened to a starting safety that is going to have him out for the season this year. You are returning your linebackers who are just absolutely mean 110%. But I just I don't see UK overtaking Tennessee or Carolina this year. I really don't. Number five, I'm going to take them Florida Gators. You know, for the simple fact that, you know, they did have that downward spiral last year. You lost a lot of people into the transfer portal. I'm not completely sold on Napier just yet. I'm getting there. And I think they will get right within the next couple of years, but I don't think this is going to be Florida season. Number six, I've got Mizzou. And number seven, I've got Vandy. All right. Apparently, you were sneaking some drinks in when I wasn't paying attention this afternoon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell you're thinking. But number one, without a doubt, be the man, you got to beat the man. Georgia is the man without a doubt. Let's just be honest. Kirby Smart does not rebuild. He just simply reloads. Mm-hmm. Just too good of a team. Powerhouse. I don't know if they'll make it through the whole regular season undefeated this year. I'm not sure on that. But they will cover the East. They will win the SEC East. Mm-hmm. Number two, without a doubt in my mind, not sure what the hell you were thinking, Kentucky, Mark Stoops. Why? Because one thing's for certain about Kentucky football. 
It's going to be physical. Uh-huh. This team plays its ass off. They get better every single year with Mark Stoops. They don't ever give up. You got a great defensive line coming back, great offensive line, great linebacking core, pretty good secondary. Your receivers, you got some great young guys coming in. You got one guy who's a big star last year out there also. Tight ends are looking pretty good. Will Levis, possibly a Heisman contender this year. We'll see about that. Looked great last year. Phenomenal. And, yeah, you're losing your running back possibly for the first two to three weeks, maybe. Nothing set in stone yet, but that's the rumor mill. But what's Kentucky do every year since Mark Stoops has been there? They produce running backs. Mm -hmm. They build them up, and just when one leaves, they put another one in there, and he's great. Mm-hmm. Every single year. So if number one's not there, I have more than enough confidence. Whoever they put back in that backfield, the man's going to turn some yards. He's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. He's going to be good. Kentucky just, just the pure physicality of this team, the pure desire to win and not give up is just enough for me to lock them in at number two. But at the same time, you're looking at the new offensive coordinator. You are, you are, but also, from what I'm understanding, is you're also basically letting him pick up stones where the last one left off because he said he knows how to fit our system we ran last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see it changing all that much. Okay. I could be wrong. Could be wrong, but I don't see it. Okay. I think Kentucky's going to be number two this year in the East. Number three, just like in the West, I got a little bit of a tie for number three and number four. These teams can flip-flop back and forth. I'm going to give the edge at number three to Josh Heupel and the Tennessee Volunteers up there in Rocky Top. They're sipping on white lightning. They're throwing mustard bottles. These people, are they go nuts. All right, that stadium they got there, it's rocking every single Saturday when they're in the house. Josh Heupel, he's got a high-scoring offense. He's going to put points on the board. It's going to be electric. Defense looks to be improved from last year. Very exciting. And the only reason I gave them the edge more so is just because this offense is going to be very tough to keep up with with the big plays. Number four right behind them is South Carolina. I'm a Carolina fan. I'd love to have them at three. I'd love to have them at one. Shit. But... They're getting better. I think Carolina's going to be much improved from last year. You got Spencer Radler coming in at quarterback. That's going to be a big improvement in itself. Your running game looks to be strong. Marshawn Lloyd, previous five-star running back, looks to be very good. Christian Bill Smith, the transfer. Uh, Lovacy Carroll, I think is his name. Lovacia. Lovacia. Mm-hmm. Carroll, excuse me, thank you. Transferred from Georgia. He was a four-star running back coming out of high school. Got him in there. Juju McDowell. Great athletes, but they're tight end room. You got Austin Stogner in there, man. One of the mm-hmm. best tight ends in the nation the last couple years from Oklahoma. Don't forget about Bell. No, Jaheen Bell. Looks sensational. Due for a breakout year. He came to life in that Duke's Mail Bowl. He's carrying a lot of momentum coming in this year, people. Defense, you lost a few key pieces. On that defensive line, you lost J.J. Ngabari and you lost Jabari Ellis. But you bring in a transfer from NC State. You got Jordan Strasham coming back. You got Jordan Birch. You got Zach Pickens. 
this defensive line still looks pretty rock solid to me. If they can improve just a little bit on last year, it can mean a lot. Linebacking core looks to be very solid. Got a lot of experience coming back. Got some young recruits going to get some playing time. Look to be very good. Secondary, you got one of the best defensive backs in the entire nation in Cam Smith. You also brought in Devonnie Reed, who looks to be very, very good. But you do have a few uncertainties out there. Yeah, you still got Darius Rush back there, but as far as as far as depth is what I'm worried about is the secondary. Yeah, that's the only thing, man. And you're losing your all-time leading scorer on special teams with Parker White. Field mm-hmm. goals make a difference, man. Yep. But that being said, I feel solid with Carolina being at number four, Tennessee three, and it can very well flop back and forth because who's to say Carolina couldn't beat a Kentucky this year or Tennessee? One of the two of them, I feel like, would go down. Could they lose both? Yeah, but I just. I have a feeling. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think one of the two. Number five, Florida. <laughs> I'd like to have them a little higher than this, but there's a lot of uncertainties last year. You're bringing in your guys. You're installing a new system. There's always challenges with that first year. I think they're going to have a couple surprise wins. I like Florida. I think Billy Napier is going to do some good things, but this is going to be a learn to crawl before we walk kind of thing they're doing there. It's going to be a slow approach. So that being said, I feel number five is a safe spot for them. Yeah, it's going to be a marathon, not a drag race. Yeah. Missouri, number six, you got one of the best wide receivers in the nation on your offense coming there this year. Have a solid rushing attack every single year. Always got to go to physical offensive line. But quarterback, I'm a little uncertain. I don't know what exactly you got back there. Look promising in a bowl game, but that's only one game, so I don't know what to judge or take away from that. Defensively, there's a lot to be desired the last couple years. The defense has been extremely inconsistent. That's been Eli's downfall the last couple seasons. And I just I don't see them turning that corner this year. And number seven. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, let's just be honest. Your program has not done nothing in almost half a decade now. Hasn't really shown anything. And I would love to see y'all get the six wins, but then your head coach is out here talking about being the best team in the entire nation of football at media day, so I'm not sure if he took a big hit of purple acid before he walked out there or what. <laughs> but I would love to see you guys get better. I would love it. It'd be awesome to see Vanderbilt turn in this powerhouse, and then we could say, "Man, you remember what they used to be? Look at them now. That'd be great." Mm-hmm. But let's let's make it to bowl eligibility first, huh? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Vanderbilt is just one of those teams that could they sneak up and bite somebody? Definitely. Is it going to happen week in week out? Absolutely not. No, no, definitely not. So, uh, all that being said, man, that's going to wrap up my preseason power rankings. That's going to do it for me with this episode, unless you got something else you can think of. No, man, no, man. I'm just, I'm ready to get watching some of these uh, practices and get ready to watch some football, man. That's right. And also, for the ACC fans out there, tune in to the ACC Network every evening at 7 o'clock. You will have ACC Road Trip. 
every evening all the way up through August the 18th, I do believe. It started last night at Florida State. Great show. Gets you a lot of insight on the programs. Gets you to take a little inside peek at some of the culture, some of the universities. Great show to watch. So Absolutely, man. Don't forget about the South Carolina, uh, what they would call hard knocks. Coming on the SEC network, uh, starting on the tenth of August, running weekly until the last uh, until the week after the first game. Absolutely, man. So we got a lot of good shows to watch with football coming up. Fall camp's kicking off, guys. We have made it. We're excited. Football's here. So with that being said, y'all keep those drinks cold. Let's keep those chains moving. <laughs>